welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is episode number 11, and the title is Be a Superstar, the path to activating the best of you for the world. I'm thrilled to have our special guest with us today, a good friend of mine, Michelle Vitalobos, and she is a national speaker. She's an author, a trainer, a retreat guide and guru, and she is known as a superstar activator. How about that? And Michelle's going to share with us today ideas on how to align who you truly are with your business and personal goals. She's going to share with us from her heart about her own personal journey through the pain and the doubts to find and unleash herself and her truest self back into the world. She's also going to share with us some very specific ideas on what it takes to push past the old stories to unleash your true self for more impact, not only personally, but professionally. So get yourself, be ready to be uncomfortable in order to find your path to being unstoppable. podcast where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. So we're excited to have Michelle Villalobos with us today. I've known Michelle for a number of years, met her through the National Speakers Association, and you're going to hear a lot about what makes her special today. But for me, I've enjoyed a couple of things. One is we've had a number of synchronistic situations where literally the first time I met her walking through the Disney Epcot Center, and she told me she lived in Denver, and this was the first five minutes of meeting her, and I had just bought two tickets to see a concert at Red Rock. And I said, you want to go with me? And she said, yeah, I'm free. And it was so cool because I said, that's, you were the one that was supposed to go. I bought two tickets, had no idea. And it turns out it was Michelle. And I also know we've had a number of really deep conversations at the National Speakers Association that have been really rich and really deep. So I feel like we don't see each other a lot, but I feel like I know you well. And I know your heart. I love this because I was looking at your bio and I don't like bios because they're boring generally, (laughs) but here's what I love. She's got a quote on there from our mutual friend, Jeffrey Hazlett said, Michelle leads with her heart, but her brain is what I've found makes her truly extraordinary. If you want to be a star, you're in luck. Michelle can help you be a supernova. Mm. (laughs) Awesome. So you're the first person I've ever known who creates supernovas. But Michelle is a speaker, she's a trainer, keynote speaker, author, she's developed these amazing retreats. And what I love is this title, Superstar Activator. And the part that I love about that is she talks about how she can help people find their way based upon who they really are. And I emphasize the word really, and that is going to be our topic today. You know, you can learn more about Michelle, we'll share her website later. I want to give you an opportunity to hear from Michelle. So welcome, Michelle, and let's have some fun. Yay! (laughs) Thanks for letting me come to your party, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good party. 
but you got to be ready to be vulnerable at this party. Oh, I'm, I'm in. Vulnerability is required. Always. So, Michelle, I just gave a little snippet, but give our listeners a little taste of the Michelle story. Okay. Superstar Activator was born from basically this belief that it's so important for people to bring their fullest gifts, their fullest self-expression to the world. And I know about this because I did the opposite for so long. Like I, I really struggled in my life. I had a, I have a lot of gifts and I, and I had a lot of them even as a kid, but, but early on, I kind of took on this story, this belief system around having to be perfect, having to please others, having to, um, do things a certain way that there's a right way and a wrong way to do life. <laughs> and I bought in to that. I bought in hook, line and sinker to this belief. And then the problem with that was I never was good enough. I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I did enough or, you know, it was just, it was a whole many decades of just never feeling like I was thriving in my life until I started to explore the idea of what I call now alignment and alignment with your true gifts, with my true, with my true gifts, with my strengths, my weaknesses, like starting to build a life and a business around my truest self in its natural state, not its conditioned state. And then, and from there started building a business and that's when everything changed for me. Wow. Well, that is our wheelhouse. I mean, it really is here because this podcast got created in conjunction with a new business, Cartavera. And Craig, you say it better than I do. The kind, the core to Cartavera is? You can't grow a business bigger than you are. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, and that, you know, the foundation, if you look at sort of the tagline of Cartavera, and taglines can be meaningless, but they're real to Craig and I. We talk about growing your people, growing your business, and growing your life. But this foundation is about personal growth. Who are you and how are you showing up in your life, not just in your business? Right. And, and, and the, there's this idea that they're separate sometimes. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, it's not, it's both. It's and, it's all of it, all the time, you know? It, that may just be some people's way of dealing with complexity. Yeah. And it's a story out there. Like, don't yes. mix business and pleasure and personal life, business life, balance, as if there are these two opposing forces. I think it's absurd. I mean, to me, my, my business associates are my closest friends. Me too. Yeah, we, we've talked about this already on the podcast with some guests between Craig and I, as I hear that a lot as well. People will say, I'm this way at work and this way at home. And my answer is, my response is always the same. Well, which one's the lie? Because mm. <laughs> I, you know, I like to go to the edge and they'll say, well, no, yeah. no, they're you both the true. Edge. And I said, well, they can't both be true. Right. They just can't. That's impossible. If they're, you know, we're, that's that alignment thing. And I think, I think a lot of people live and lead to so much stress because they're out of alignment more than anything else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Michelle, when you were talking about what you were, where you were coming from and what you've been told that you had to do, where was that influence coming from? Was it, was it parents? Was it the environment that you were around? Yeah. Well, first there's parents, right? And my parents are awesome and I love them mm -hmm. and they're great. And they've got their own stories and their own cucarachas en la cabeza, as we say in Spanish, cockroaches <laughs> in the brain. Like, <laughs> like, my parents are Cuban and my dad, you know, and I just had this story. I just talked about the story with my coach and just today kind of really made the connection between my story, my past, my parents, my lineage and, and what I do today. And my dad, you know, he 
was a Cuban exile. He was 15 when the revolution happened. His family was very wealthy in Cuba and lost everything. And dad had to make it back. And so he favored stability, security, safety. Oh, okay. And so as I was growing up, you know, he had made back a measure of success, like really, you know, having to work hard to do it. And that was his value system. Like, don't rock the boat. Don't try anything too crazy. Don't take too many risks. <laughs> you know, take it easy, Michelle. And it was just like, I want to be an actress and I want to do plays and I <laughs> And I want to write books. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You're going to be on stage. I want to be in front of everybody. No, 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 no. Don't, don't encourage her. That was the, the thing in my house. Like, just make sure she gets straight A's and does well in math. And I mean, it's not like they discouraged me from being, from expressing myself, although they kind of did. Um, it was more about like, okay, there's that. You can go play over there. But the real work is like this. Yeah. And it's got to hurt. It's got to be hard. You got to oh. work your butt off you know, yeah. kind of thing. Wow. That's, it's so interesting how, how different those views can be. My dad worked for IBM. You would, you would think that that could be a soul crushing place. It was not when he was there. Right. He was a senior engineer, mechanical engineer, and he would come home. And I remember sometimes he would come home just sweating. I'm like, dad, I've been running or something. He's like, no, man, I've been working on this great project. And it's just tapping into all of my, my knowledge and capabilities. And like, that's awesome. So I learned early on creativity can be a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't learn that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> Michelle, you, you've opened up a box here, and the box you opened to me is not something we can contain in this time, but we'll do our best because, you know, Michelle, you know, Craig knows, this is the work I do, and I think you identified so many things. You kept using the word story, which I love. I think that is what happens, that we create stories about what's true, what's right, how we're supposed to do it. And almost always those stories, I call it, were gifted to us by people around us. In here. Uh, usually unintended and almost always well-intended. Right. The outcome was not intended a certain way. It was loving. Yes, there are a handful of people percentage-wise who went through very difficult life situations. But a lot of people grew up with what they call the normal life. And so I think part of the problem is they struggle believing there's a story because they go, well, there's nothing that happened to me that was horrific. So this is just right. Right. Versus the fact that it's the normal everyday stuff that creates some of these stories you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. The thing is that what got you here won't get you there, right? Like the story took me far. Yeah. I got an MBA. I graduated from an Ivy League school with a, with a very high GPA. I had a good job, six figures. Like my story of perfectionism, hard work, achievement, success, making money, my value system, all of that got me to a place where from the outside looking in, people would say, you, you, you have it all. The problem was I was miserable with my life. I was having trouble getting out of bed in the mornings. I was drinking a lot. I was very unhealthy. I was drowning my sorrows in food and partying and, you know, numbing the pain of not living my true life for years. Uh, Michelle, that is so dead on. And what saddens me, I'm, I mean, I'm excited that you found your way out. Absolutely. And what I think happens is my theory is, you know, people talk about midlife crises, <laughs> but I think what's really is their midlife awakenings. <laughs> and people have been, they just jumped in the machine, whatever their version was, they jumped in the machine yes. and they've been pedaling and they get into their life. And usually it's after now 
Um, you know, they've gotten married, they've had kids, they bought the house, they've lived the so-called dream, and they have that wake up and they look around and say, how did I get here? And is this all there is? Yeah. And often they feel trapped. I, I think that one of the saddest parts about this country is it's the most medicated culture in the world. And a lot of that medication, people don't even know they're doing it. I think the greatest drug addiction in this country is busyness, actually. Yeah. I think, I think busyness destroys more lives and literally takes more lives than all the rest because people fall into the trap of, I'm just doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, then, and they wear it like a badge of honor, right? Like, look at me. I'm such a workaholic. I barely slept last night, you know? But I think that was really well put, Jeff. I've, I've never heard it be called a, a midlife awakening, but I think that is, is so much the right thing when people are saying, you know, is this all there is? And I think that for me, and I'll see if you resonate with this, like it took a massive breakdown mm. outside of me really to what I call unplug me from the matrix because <laughs> I would not have unplugged myself. Wow. People tried. People tried to wake me up. People told me, you know, about spiritual practices, about meditation, about self-care, about yoga. About, like, I, of course, I was, it was all around me, and I was just not interested. I was so focused on, all right, if, if another hit, another hit of success, another hit, another client, another, you know, accolade, another award. It was just another, you know, yeah, hit. Yeah, form of addiction. And yeah, and then and and looking for the next one, and I did not have, even though people told me I had coaches, and I it, I did not wake up until I had no other choice. Wow. Mm. Well, I think that's often the case. That's what I see in my work, Michelle. Some people need an external bottom of sorts. I think you know you're talking about the hit, and the word I didn't hear in there, but you were saying it without the words is it's the hit of I'm good enough. Yes. Every achievement is a shot says, oh, I'm good enough. And it fills that hole. And the way I do it is, you know, the visual, I've, I'm very visual is to say, I think most people are walking around with a big hole right here in their chest. I was. And they're trying to fill it with everything else. I did too. I, and I had filled it. I had stuffed it. But you can't fill an inside hole with outside stuff. It's impossible. <laughs> the hole is still there. I'm just numbing it. Yeah. You know, and I'll say that, for me, the way I interpret, like the way I conceptualize it in my mind is that my heart was there, but I had put iron around it. I had, you know, just wrapped it up in so many layers of protection that when I finally hit, when I hit that rock bottom, it cracked open and there was no, I couldn't talk without crying for months, for two or three months. It was such a deep hole. Like it wasn't empty. It was just, it was trapped. And it, and it, and the, the thing that made it open was like, there was no other, it, it got as bad as it could get in my world. Like I lost my, my health. I got a horrible health diagnosis. I lost my, I, my, my fiance and I broke up in a very spectacular, dramatic, public, embarrassing, shameful way. And then the third thing was my business fell apart. The thing that I identified as me, the thing that I built for seven and a half years, just bottomed out zero revenues, like because I wasn't focused on it because I was having all these other issues. It's just everything that I used to define myself from the outside in fell away. And then there was just, there was there, what's left is who am I? And I didn't even know, you know? And what did it take for you to redefine who you were? 
I had to break down. Like I had to cry every day. It, um, I used, somebody used the term yesterday. It was a, I had to go into a cocoon and, and, yeah, yeah. and transform like the cocoon was, I, I mean, I, I was just dark, dark, tight, like nobody, no, no interaction with people, very little. And like crying every day, just, I had to go all the way down and that broke open my heart, which that my parents saw, my brother saw, like the people closest to me got to see me ultra vulnerable. And I feel like that was the beginning of the internal healing that I needed, which was, wow, I'm loved still. I don't have a business. My health fell apart. My, you know, I'm not who I was three months ago and I'm still loved. They still love me. And that was, I think, the big breakthrough emotionally. And then what shifted, which is the business conversation, I changed my business model. And that was a huge breakthrough from a business. So I had all the, and then I I started doing yoga and meditating and doing all the things all at the same time right after. So it kind of, it kind of all fell apart at the same time. And then it started to come back together. And it took about the, the really big, hard, deep work took about a year. And then, then it was like, you know, it's, it's been a journey ever since. I love what you said, Michelle, about the covering up part, because I think that's very real. You know, a lot of people say, I got to go find myself. That's not, I don't believe that we have to find ourselves. We are in here, but I think we spend our whole lives typically starting as kids, covering it up with stories and versions and beliefs. And we layer all this stuff on. So the journey is taking it off and yeah, it's emotional. It's scary. You know, we, I think we've all heard the word imposter syndrome thrown around, but I think it's a massive number of people, well over 50% of this country deal with it. I, I probably want to say 90, but very, a much smaller percentage are willing to look at that. And that's what I find in my work as a coach. I'm almost always hired in a business setting. And 95% of the time, we get into what's really going on. And I remember a few years ago, I was sitting down with a new client and it was the second time together And I remember vividly, she said, you seem to be really good at figuring stuff out about people. I said, yeah, I think I am. And she said, so what's your take on me? And this was in the second meeting. And I said, you're not ready to hear it. Oh, she said, no, I really want to know. And I said, I don't think you're ready to hear it. And said, no, tell me. And I went and said, well, everybody here thinks you're confident. You have it together. You're the most confident person here. You've figured things out. You've navigated difficult times in a great way. You're the most solid person in the building. And she's sort of smiling. I said, but none of that's true. <laughs> you're scared wow. to death. You're, yeah. you're, you're scared to death every day that they're going to find out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And you don't see, you don't think you bring much value here or to your kids or to anywhere in your life. And she just broke down yeah. and said, how did you know that? It says, doesn't matter. But that was what opened the door to say, and I told her, I said, look, here's the risk. The risk is you don't know what's in there. Nobody ever knows for sure. And it can be painful to explore it. And number two, you might have to be vulnerable and and expose yourself here so that the truest power in you can come out. Yeah. Because you're never going to be what you're capable of as long as you're playing this game. Yeah. Because who you are is the powerful one. This, This one with the mask, she's all right. But yeah. the people who think she's great, they're lost too. <laughs> but that's the work. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you were talking earlier about you had your family around you, Michelle, and it sounds like that was your core support system. And I, I think when people are in that transition, if they don't have that support system, it's got to be even tougher to get through that. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because they were there at the beginning and then they left. And a lot of this work, I had a coach, but virtually, but a lot of it was going into the pain by myself and being alone. A lot of it was around not, not having that outside, you know, because here's what happens. What I've witnessed is that like somebody's struggling with something and it makes other people uncomfortable. Sure. And so in order to make themselves feel better, they pat you on the back, they give you a drink, they say it's going to be okay, you know, and you, you like, you numb the feeling. And that's where, yeah. that's the pattern over time, over years and years and years that get, that got me into that situation. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So even though like I broke open and my parents and everybody got to see me in that place, but then they left and I, st- and I stayed there by myself. And I felt the feelings for the first time, like all the feelings of inadequacy, of guilt for having done what I did to my body for so many years. Like I had to process a lot of pain, anger, resentment at myself, at others. There was just so many feelings that came up because the heart cracked open. It all came out. It's like it all spilled out at the same time. Wow. All of the issues. And I dealt with them. Like I went all the way into the muck of it. And I'd never done that before. You know, I'd always been like, all right, let me go get a new job and then I'll feel better. But this <laughs> it's another Band-Aid. Exactly. I felt yeah. the feelings. And that's something that we avoid is feeling the feelings. And Bruce Tift in a book called Already Free talks about like that's the number one thing that prevents us from expanding. It's that we refuse or we, we resist feeling feelings. We don't want to feel anger. We don't want to feel frustration. We don't want to feel shame, guilt, resentment, like all these negative, quote unquote, negative emotions. We don't want to feel them. So we go through all extraordinary lengths to prevent ourselves from feeling these feelings. Right. And I'd say one of of the things I found about Jeff is that he's, he's that person that's not patting on the back. He's, he's probably twisting the dagger a little bit more. No, that's very accurate because I'm very conscious of that. Yeah. And some people think I'm cold. Because when someone says something to me about putting themselves down, I don't reassure them. Right. Because that's part of the drug. That's part of the game that's being played. Or played. I don't push them down. That's it's they're playing that. But I usually will say something like, I might say, that makes me sad. This is what I used to do with my kids because I was always trying to reassure them and I realized that wasn't the answer. I said, you know what, it makes me sad when you say that. Um, but you want to talk about that more. Because I get it because, but that didn't happen until I had gone through my process and my process started yeah. 10 years ago. Actually, wow. 10 years ago, this coming weekend wow. is when I did a, a men's retreat that just cracked me open, didn't yeah. plan to be cracked open. And, and I've been <laughs> through the pain. The pain still shows up sometimes, but it is, you know, you go through the pain and, you know, Michelle, I want to ask you what I think is a really big question because there's a lot of people listening right now who stopped. As soon as at the beginning, we talked about pain and emotions. And what saddens me is there's so many people, and, and we'll focus on leaders. Leaders aren't positional. People lead their lives, lead families, communities, businesses that walk around not willing to consider this as even a possibility and will say, no, I'm good. That was me. Right? That was so, me. So what the, is there something you found for yourself other than, I know you had to hit a bottom. But you have you do a lot of work primarily with women who come to your retreats. You help them find a way through some of this. Are they attracted to it? Is there you know what have you found to help people see it or tell our listeners? Because a lot of them are denial right now. They're saying that ain't me. Yeah, 
She's a mess. I'm not a mess. And I think the world's a mess. That's my opinion. <laughs> and the world is a mirror of us, right? Exactly. There's only one of us here. Is something my, my mentor, Nanilea Diamond, says. There's only one of us here. <laughs> wow. You know? Um, it's funny because I've asked myself that question. I, it's one of those ongoing questions in my head. Like, do you have to break down to break through? That, that's the question, right? It, does it require a breakdown? And in most cases, I say yes. If not a breakdown, you have to feel the pain mm-hmm. of what is. And, and maybe people don't feel pain, but I think that that's the challenge. I guess the question is, can you give it all up? Can you put it all on the altar? Can you give up the fancy cars? Can you feel, give up the drinking? Can you give up the TV? Like all the ways that we generally numb, the shopping, mm. which is one for me that I'm still working on. Like if you gave all those up and what was left, like what, what, what is your life? What is it about? And I feel like if we start to ask really big, deep questions with an honest heart and like really sit with like, is your life everything that it could be? Are you... Are you giving to the world the best of you? Are you fully expressed in your gifts? You know, are you, are you, you know, like when we start asking those bigger, deeper questions, there's usually pain there. And if we can get, find that pain and like really go into it, then I think that there's an awakening there. And if someone is not willing to feel that or go there, then they're going to, they're going to maybe be fine. Maybe they're going to be fine. I know plenty of people who are fine and they're asleep, but they're fine. Meaning like, they, you know, if they, as long as they don't have a serious illness or they have like a serious, you know, they're, they're, they're going to live their life. Like I would have kept going yeah. the way I was and I would have been fine. But it's like, do you want to be fine or do you want to be all of it? Like <laughs> fully here and alive, yeah. you know? Well, they're, to that extent, you know, when we're talking about being all of it, does that mean that we feel even more pain at times because we're opening our heart to what's going on around us? Absolutely. That's, a, that's part of the risk, right? A hundred percent. We need to realize that that's not something that's going to kill us. It's beautiful. That is like my, the mentor I mentioned earlier, Nanilea, I get, I, I, I've learned a lot from working with her. She's like, it's like a piano. And we, we, uh, we, I was only playing a few keys on the piano. Like mm, these are the right. keys that I play. This is the music that comes out of me. <laughs> We're playing chopsticks. Right. It's like, but there's like all these other keys and they go in both directions, right? There's like the bandwidth expands both up and down. Like I do experience pain a lot more. I am more empathetic. I am more connected it hurts more and I feel so much more alive and present right. in my life playing more, you know, and, and she talks about like, you know, Oh, not that key, anything, but that key. I won't play that key. It's like, what happens when you play that key? <laughs> you keep pressing it, right? Magic is it opens up all these other possibilities of music when you can add another key, you know? Um, so it's just like or another note. So that's a really good analogy because when you think about what's the key that you don't want to keep hitting, Right. And that's probably the one you really need to dig into. Yeah. And it's the one that Jeff would say, you know, let, let's go there. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the guy that's going to go hit that note that's that drives right. him nuts until, until it cracks. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, 
coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartevera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartevera.com. Welcome back. We talk about feeling the pain, but the reality is we're medicating. So if we're medicating, we're not going to feel the pain. So a lot of people genuinely say, I don't have any pain because they're fully medicated without knowing that they've medicated. And one of the things, one of the questions I've used with people, Craig knows this, the greatest compliment that I get as a coach is when a client swears at me. <laughs> and, it, and it happens pretty regularly, and it usually, <laughs> it's, it usually starts with F and ends with you. <laughs> and it's almost always, in fact, it's always when I've asked a question that opened a door for them to see or usually feel something that they hadn't or hadn't known and didn't want to feel. And that's, and they'll usually apologize and say, no, I get it. You're welcome. Cause that's why we're here. So I think the numbing makes it hard to feel the pain. But one of the questions I use with people, I get sworn at a lot for this one too, is when they say they're fine, I'll say, okay, so if fine is really so good, is this the life you want for your kids? Oh, and I've never in, a, in all these years had someone say yes. They'll might say, well, I want them to not want, I want them to have, yes. I said, no, do you want them to live fine the way you are? And I've never had someone say yes. Wow. And they don't like that because, they, you know, when we reflect against that, our children, you know, if they don't have kids, I'll say the person you care most about in the world, it's that person you care about usually more than yourself. Right. That we don't want, that we would never want them to live that way. Wow. And that can be a door opener. And to me, it's about someone's got to be willing to go through the door. And once they are, yeah, the whole thing opens up, but you've got to be willing to go through the door. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of us, I wasn't willing. I was numb. That's the word. It was like numbing with all the different external things that I could numb with. And if I didn't have something to numb with, I would find something new. You know, I was hooked mm-hmm. on everything from alcohol to um, online uh, Scrabble. You know, like whatever I could do to get the hit, right? Oh, I won another game, you know? So, Michelle, you, you interact pre- predominantly with women who come to your retreats, at least. Is that right? Well, it used to be, and it still is predominantly, but definitely not only. At our last retreat, we had four men or five, four or oh, five wow, men. that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because my concern is when we look at our culture here is mm. that culturally, and it's a story too. Culturally, it is safer for women to acknowledge their pain than men. Yeah, yeah. We've had like men, because see, I don't, I, I don't lead with this stuff. <laughs> no, you don't. We talked about that. <laughs> this, this, Craig, this was our big talk on the side about I tend to lead with it. And Michelle's comment was, you're hitting them with a stick before they're in the door. <laughs> it's like, um, for me anyway, with my clients, this, this stuff, these awarenesses are in their blind spot. They are not fully aware of it. And so what I do is I lead with the business strategy piece with the business model, you know, blah, 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 get them in the door, address that, show them the solution. And then also they get to see in the room, in the experience, how much their mindset is playing a role in, in how they're being. 
and how it's holding them back or how it could propel them forward. So I don't lead with the personal development stuff. I lead with the business stuff. And then the personal development is the back end. You give them what they want, but you also give them what they need. Yeah. A few years ago, someone referred to me as a Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And yes. said, Jeff, they let you in the door and they have no idea what's coming. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I think that's some of my work to figure out where that fits because, and I, it's easy to say this, but I, it's truly because I care so much and I, I can feel people's pain and yeah. I see it in action. And my hope is that more people are willing to just do this work. And that's why I was not insistent. Craig and I were on the same page that this venture, if we're going to talk about leadership development, personal growth has to be in there. Absolutely. And I don't, Craig knows this. You don't know this, Michelle. I was at a conference about a month ago. They had six people on a panel, all leaders in their organization, some owners, and they knew this question was coming. And the question was, hey, our organization believes in personal growth and development. What are you working on this year to help grow yourself? Not one of them had an answer out of six. Literally, they had no answer. The only person who answered was one person on the panel that said they played lacrosse, adult lacrosse. They were trying to figure out how to get better in the face-off. Wow. And I walked away and I turned to my table and I said, am I the only one that noticed that question? And the whole table said, no, these are all leaders and not one of them is working on anything as their takeaway. You can't grow your people if you don't grow yourself. Yeah, yes. You cannot help your people be better if you're not working on yourself being better. You've got a misalignment. You've, you've got a lack of integrity. You're telling yeah. your people you need to grow, but I don't. Right, absolutely. So that's, a, that's one of those stories in their head. Yeah. So, Michelle, this is, God, we, could, we could go for days on this. We have. We haven't gone a full 24 hours yet, but that might happen someday. Mm -hmm. I, I want to ask you this question. So many people out there in leadership roles I know are thinking, look, I don't know where to start. I don't even know that I have an issue. What would you say to anyone out there to plant a seed in their head to think about that might open the door to this, even considering it? Well, I'll tell you what opens the, what opened the door for me and what t seems to open the door really nicely and easily for my clients. And that is starting with some sort of assessment, personality assessment specifically. Uh, what happened with me was I wanted to become certified in Myers-Briggs so that I could lead team building courses. Uh, this was 10 years ago. And when I got to the Myers-Briggs course, I did my test like everybody else. We showed up to learn how to be facilitators and they grouped us in these type of like groups. So I was with all the other ENTPs at the time, which doesn't matter if you don't know what that means. Don't worry. So I spent two days with the ENTPs until the, the professor called me over on the third day and he said, you know, I've been observing you and this doesn't happen very often, but I don't think you're an ENTP. And I was like, what are you talking about? We did the type verification and I, and I agreed that this was my type. Like he said, you know what? I've been doing this a lot of years. He, he was the guy whose name was on the textbook we were using. He's like, trust me, let's send you over to the ENFPs table and see what happens. After the break, he, he called me up to the front of the room and he announced to the whole room, he said, Michelle has been in the ENTP group the whole time, but this time today, she's going to move over to the ENFP table. She's going to join you. And the ENFPs literally stood up and cheered. <laughs> That's what we do, ENFPs. <laughs> and high fives. And I was like, oh, I'm home. Yeah, she grew up. <laughs> 
these are my people. It was a whole different experience. Just notice like just that one, it was just such a vivid moment of like encapsulating like, wow, my whole life I've been living it this way, like an ENTP, but I'm really this way. What? And that was the door opener for me. And I, I got so jazzed by that experience that I came back and I put on a workshop for people to learn about their personality types. And that's what led me here. So for me, that was such a big breakthrough that now whenever, you know, with every client, the first thing we do is a battery of tests. We do two tests with everybody. And that is usually the, a great door opener because it, yeah. it shares their strengths, their weaknesses. It opens the conversation. It's like, wow, I never realized it, but I really do hate being behind a computer. Why do I have a whole business that has me behind a computer at 24? <laughs> you mean there's another way? It's like, yeah. And what did you learn from your dad about working? And what did you learn from your mom about, you know, it opens up all these conversations about why they want to know why have I been living this way all this time? And it's like, I can tell you, let's go back to your childhood, you know? Yeah. I'm curious, Michelle, the two assessments you do, are those available out there that you use or are they proprietary? No, we use um, something called Wealth Dynamics. It's not a very popular test. I don't know how validated of an instrument it is. I love it though. What's it called, Michelle? Wealth Dynamics. Like W-E-A-L-T-H? It was developed by a guy named Roger James Hamilton. He has a company called Genius U. He has a few companies. He's from New Zealand. And this particular test for me is the best one that I found that maps personality onto business model. It like, it's very, it's meant for a lot more than that, but that's how I use it. Um, and it, it's eight archetypes. Um, I'm a star archetype. There's a creator, star, supporter, deal maker, trader, accumulator, lord, and mechanic. Those are the eight archetypes. And it is such a breakthrough for people to get their archetype and then look, compare that against their role in their own business and it usually delivers massive breakthroughs. And, it, and really, we build the entire business strategy based on, all right, what's going to feel energy rich for you based on your profile? So I'm guessing then that the other one that uses a strengths finder, just because you're talking about the star activator. <laughs> Nailed it. That's where right. I got title superstar activator. Activator is one of my top five strengths. Gotcha. And, uh, and that's where I came up with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Michelle, so, so many amazing things you've shared. And one thing I want to talk a little more about is a lot about how do we get opened up to it, but then where do people go once they've got decided to get into the work? Yeah. Well, it's funny because you sort of touched on it earlier when you talked about the conversation about leadership. What we've talked about so far is just the first step, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And there are, there are four parts to this. The first, I call it uh, alignment, A for alignment, which is that internal piece going inward, getting clarity about your gifts, your strengths, your values, purpose, purpose, all of that. And then there's the second piece, which is leadership. And that is taking that internal work and starting to express into the world and lead and create. So the expression in the world is, is our expression that's our voice, our story, our content, whatever we put out in the world. It's also the things that we create, the products, the services. This is leadership. This is how we lead in the world is through our expression, through our, through our creation. So that, that second step is the L part, like really figuring out, okay, now that I know these things about myself, 
what am I here to do with that? What am I here to create or be in the world and to model for people? Um, and then the third piece is, is the monetization of that. Because remember, I come from a business background. So I'm looking at, all right, now once you've figured out who you are, what your gifts are, how you're going to put them out into the world, how are you going to turn those into a machine, a, a business model, a, a, a mechanism that turns that magic into money? And turning that magic into money so that, right, for a bigger picture perspective, so you can increase your impact, so you can go bigger, so you can impact more. You know, that's what I see as the, as a business owner, we're here to create in the world impact. And so that, that, that M, A-L-M is for magnetization, monetization, manifestation, right? It's like the manifestation in the world of your gifts, of your strengths, of your magic. and then. The A, the final A, so it's A-L-M-A, which stands for soul, alma, soul in Spanish. The last A is for amplification, and that is co-creation, partnership, collaboration with others who are like-minded, with others who are also awake and conscious and doing this kind of work. We, com- we join forces with people like that and have, you know, and create cultures and communities that are creating in the world. And that's, that's what it is to be a superstar, is to be engaged in this process of, of leading in this way, ALMA from the soul. It's soul-based leadership, Alma. Beautiful. Wow. So Michelle, that would be easy for someone to hear that and think or wonder, does this only apply to someone who's starting their own business or consultancy? Because, some of, because that's been your journey. Yeah. But does all of this, does this model and this approach apply to anybody in business? I think so. I think it applies to anybody who wants to be up to something you know, wants to, to create and expand and express and lead and share. It's like, who are you? Why are you here? What is your leadership in the world? What does it look like? And how are you going to expand it and amplify it? Wow. Awesome. So Michelle, we always close out with a question or two for our guests. We call them our special sauce questions. And one of the questions is, I'm sure you're a voracious reader like me, but we all have read so many books. What's the one book that comes to mind for someone to read who wants to have more impact as a leader? So many great books. There are two that come to mind that are very different. If I could share the first is I mentioned him earlier, Bruce Tift. He wrote this book already free and the subtitle, which I didn't mention is Buddhism meets psychotherapy on the path to liberation. (laughs) It's a wacky sounding book that is very practical and tactical about how to expand, how to play more keys on the piano, Hmm. essentially. And it's short. It's sweet. I've listened to it three times. Um, I love that book. And everyone I've recommended it to has thanked me for for it, who's read it. Uh, The second book is uh, is more out there. It's more like woo-woo territory. It's called um, An End to Upside Down Thinking dispelling the myth that the brain produces produces consciousness and the implications for everyday life. Hmm. And it's, it's scientifically resourced. It's backed by lots of data and science and hard, you know, facts and basically makes a case for um, the fact that we live in a conscious universe and we, our brains are not the producers of our consciousness, but rather receptors of consciousness, like a, like a TV antenna that we tap into and tune into 
consciousness and we are all connected and there is a collective subconscious and and all these things that sound really crazy and out there. It's like the science that backs it up. Mm. Okay. Well, I know I'm going to get already free. I'm surprised I haven't read it. So good. Bruce Tift is amazing. His voice is a little, it takes a little getting used to right at the beginning, but you know, stick with it. It's worth it. Hang in there. So the second question is one that's near and dear to my heart. As Craig knows, I tend to see and experience the world and life through movies mm-hmm. and I'll see something and flash back to, Oh, that's like the movie, but it's always a metaphor. And so the question is what's a movie, a movie character or scene that speaks to you about leadership and impact. There's a movie that most people have not seen and I highly encourage it. It's called dangerous beauty. It's about a courtesan in 16th century Venice during the time of the Inquisition. It's actually based on a true story. It's a very beautiful, sensual movie. Um, Jacqueline Bissett is in it. Hmm. Uh, It's from 1995 or 96. But essentially, the the storyline was about how women at the time um, were not allowed to read books or allowed to be, you know, learn because it, was, it would corrupt their brains, corrupt their minds and corrupt their souls in the process. And I never really understood that, but it just made it so clear to me, like, wow, you know, first of all, I'm so lucky to be a woman today and that I have all these opportunities. I can share my voice. I can speak up. I can read books. Like, I'm so blessed, right? And like, it's my responsibility to use that and to appreciate that and to express. And then the men that I've seen watch this movie, I've all always said like, well, first of all, it's hot. It's a hot movie. But on top of that, it's like, wow, I never thought about it from the woman's perspective before. Like, I never knew that about what women went through, you know, and how they were treated, really. So it's a beautiful film with very, a lot of deep layers and a lot of meaning for me. Well, I will add that to my list, too. That sounds (laughs) like my kind of movie. Watch it with your girlfriend. Oh, there you go. Bonus. Bonus. There you go. So, Michelle... Tell us what's going on for you that you want to highlight or anything special yeah. going on to let everybody know about. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm working on, I'm going to be releasing soon a program, a, a virtual program called Retreats to Riches to teach people about how to lead small events and that transform people and that generate riches, both financial, but also, and also internal fulfillment, alignment, joy, all of that. So it's, um, I'm really excited. It's done. I'm, I'm done creating it now. I'm just putting it all together and, and getting it out into the world. Wow. That sounds amazing. So where would people find us and where would they find you? Well, if they, you know, the best place to find me is, is my, is my website or my podcast. Even I have a podcast called awaken your inner superstar at the superstarpodcast.com. And my, my website is superstaractivator.com. And if someone's interested in like learning about how to align their business model with their truest self, you know, we have programs and we can support you. I can hop on a call. You know, we're always looking for superstars that we can activate to uplift humanity. Well, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for bringing all of you, which I knew you would. And thank you for activating Craig and I, and especially all of our listeners. And hopefully there's going to be some new supernovas now of you being here today. Yay! Thank you. (laughs) 
If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.